So, are you DTFF? Talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF. Very on happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live. We are back. Um, it was another excellent week of football. We've got a great episode coming on tonight. But before we get into just all that, my co-host with the most, Jake, how are you doing this evening, sir? Fantastic. Uh, football was all that and a bag of chips. People still say that. I know that. Uh, if not, I'm bringing it back. Uh, it was, it was a great weekend, uh, of just kind of disasters, but really fun disasters to watch. There was a lot of late, late game implosions. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, you know, we maybe saw coming and some of them surprised us a little bit, but it kept us on our toes for what was ultimately kind of a rough fantasy week. I think overall. Some disappointments abound in week three, man. There were disappointments, and you kind of alluded to our episode we're going to be talking about this evening here, um, which I'll get to in a second. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking, <laughs> I assume you're always fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I'm doing fine. I had some computer issues over the weekend where my laptop died, but my wife is nice enough to let me use hers. And I just went in to go into Twitter to uh just you know promote the show and then and as you log into twitter from a new device it was on light mode instead of dark mode and it just threw me for a fucking loop it was the worst worst experience for my eyes ever (laughs) how are your retinas they they holding up oh okay barely god (laughs) technology come on man but anyway um yeah we've got a great show we this is kind of part two of what we started talking about last week uh, where this is kind of a real mirage. Only, Jake, I like your episode this week, um, the title. So last week we talked about the high flyers that were doing really well. Did we think it was going to continue or not? This week we're looking at the opposite, where people, people, players, they're people too, I they're guess. They're people, <laughs> yeah. That's where they are, they are underperforming what we would have expected based on their draft capital going into the season. And you titled this episode, which I love, Rough Spurt or Season Long Hurt. That is terrific. An important question. Thank you. Thank you. It's an important (laughs) question. I think we've all had some rough spurts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But hopefully the hurt does not last uh, for too long. But we'll have to see. We'll figure that out. Yes, we will definitely see. Uh, But before we do that, we've, we've got our normal house cleaning things here so first jake what are you drinking this evening well the first thing that i'm drinking this evening is from griffin claw brewery this is another one of those up north expedition michigan uh haulbacks that i got from our time up on was the it, peninsula up there was it a knockoff hogwarts griffin claw no. one of the houses but I will say, you probably will not be able to see this logo. It's very small. Part of a pumpkin. It does kind of look, but look at the logo right above it. Yeah, YouTube it. viewers. Yeah. It does look very Harry Potter-esque. I'm sure that yeah. there's some copyright infringement coming down on them soon. But <laughs> I got the beer before they had to deal with that. But it is a pumpkin spice beer. Dustin, I know that's not your jam. 
So nope. you're certainly not imbibing on this. But you know what? I'm a basic fall bitch today, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Hey, you do you, man. You do you. <laughs> I will. What are you putting down your gullet today? I've got here just one of my homebrews. This is my uh, Ballast Point Sculpin IPA clone that I've been trying to get the keg emptied so I can brew up another beer here. So that that's what I'm enjoying, and it is delicious, as we were drinking a bunch this weekend watching football. We sure were. I had that one this weekend. It's a delight. I like all those sculpin ones, whether mm-hmm. they come with extra flavor or not. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of it. Yep. Uh, but that's, as you alluded to, not the only thing that I'm drinking this week, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Dustin. I, I want to get this done ahead of the drunk trade, honestly. Okay. I know we typically invert this, but let me get it out of the way. It's our beer bet payoff. So do you... do? Do you want to do the honors of recapping what happened last week? I sure as Abraham will. Uh, So our beer bet to recap was the Jacksonville wide receivers, which I took, versus the L.A. Chargers wide receivers, which Jake took. They were a head-to-head matchup. This was straight wide receiving core PPR points. Jacksonville, with an explosion on offense that – Unlike anything we've seen from them in in recent memory, uh, wide receivers had 59.7 total points, and the Chargers had a lowly 38.4. I mean, my goodness. My goodness. Now, Keenan Allen, of course, a non-factor in this one. Mm -hmm. Mike Mike Williams, also a non-factor, but he was actually out there like playing. Uh, But they just did not come with it in this game. Jacksonville did which actually does make my heart kind of happy. Mm-hmm. We talked about them as our rising offense mm-hmm. all offseason, so it is nice to see that fruit being born here, even if Travis Etienne, who we'll talk about a little later, was not <laughs> a part of it. It's great to see the quarterback and wide receivers coming on. So because of that, I'm happy to throw back some Trader Joe's Kentucky bourbon here Ooh. for you tonight. Dustin, is, do you know what that brand is? Like what the, I mean, and I know it's Trader Joe's, but like what's the, the real brand or no idea? I, I don't know. It's Trader Joe's, man. I'm sure they, they're all uh, distilled in the same place, right? Like is this, I think Costco's is the Jameson. And so I don't know what this would be, but I don't know. It's Trader Joe's, man. That's, that's all I need to know. But in any case, Dustin, you are. An amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers, buddy. Thank you for that. You know what? That's some good. That's some good bourbon. Trader Joe's or whoever made it for Trader Joe's. That was delightful. Uh, but I don't want to dwell on that now. I want to move right along to our favorite segment. It is, of course, our drunk trade of the week. Let's hit it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. All right, Dustin, this one, surprise, surprise, comes to us from Reddit from Swooty11. Love Swooty. 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 They sent away Travis Fulgham, remember him, for a second rounder. When he was on a tear with Philadelphia two years ago. As a refresher, this was like a four or five game little clip 
where he basically was a wide receiver two-ish mm-hmm. kind of guy for fantasy right around there. Anyways, they say, I didn't even realize I'd sent the offer until <laughs> noon the next day, which is fine. I thought it would be a mid to late second, and Fogum seemed like a legit dude. Went so far as to text the owner, who's also a Philly fan, and tell him I had traded under the influence. He was pumped about it, thought he had just finessed me for Philly's future wide receiver one. But that second rounder ended up being the 201 in the following draft, which was Devonta Smith. The Fulgham manager was pissed after the draft. Dustin, I bet that's true. I would be. I would be as you, well. <laughs> you'd gotten this mystery box of the uh, top tier receiver on Philly, which was not hard to do at that time. It was like the ghost of Alshon Jeffrey and mm-hmm. not much else hanging out there. So I think this happens. This is what I want to talk about, Dustin. Obviously, we know what happened with this trade. We knew who won it uh, as soon as I stopped reading it. But have you ever traded away for one of these, let's call them a mirage, a throwback to last last week's episode? Have you traded for one of these mirage players where, oh man, they had a few games of awesome production, but snatch them up? I did. I traded for Mike Williams early last season especially going into the season, how the coach was like, oh, no, he's going to be our Michael Thomas player here. And I was like, oh, he's getting all the targets. And he did for the first like five weeks of the season and then got injured as Mike Williams likes to do and just never was the same for the rest of the season and really dropped off. Thankfully, I remedied that situation and traded him away this offseason. Now, that's an interesting case because Mike Williams... We just talked about him for our beer bet, of course, mm-hmm. being a non-factor. But I don't think everybody is ready to call it quits on him entirely. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams' case, he's still, for for some, he is still TBD. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say, on this particular team, that was his second run with my team. Uh, I had traded him <laughs> away. And when I took over the team as an orphan, uh, like, you know, it was right after his rookie season. Uh, I traded him away and then brought him back last year, which worked for five weeks. And then, yeah, got rid of him. I, I realized my mistake uh, after he got injured again. I'm like, nope, I'm out. Can't. Okay. Fool me that once. Is... Shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice. You're not going to fool me again. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> that is fascinating, though. I cannot offhand think of a player that I have had on my team traded away, and then traded back for. It's like, for me, when they're off my team, you are dead to me. We are done. We are through. Uh, the lone exception might be Robbie Anderson. Uh, <laughs> all of you student <laughs> listeners who have been with us for a while. He probably has made, but that's more of like, uh, I grabbed him off waivers kind of deal. Not like I traded right. for him. Because I've definitely done that, where you drop a guy to waivers and pick him up a little bit later. Hey, I am it. I am more than willing to be water and and... If I see a guy that has a path to production, I will take that chance to bring him back. I love it. I love it. You can always trade him away again, just like I did. It doesn't matter. That's true. And to bring it back to this trade, look, Swoody, uh, I think we've all been there. You see somebody, uh, especially highlight real worthy performances to some extent. Fulgham would look really good. Mm -hmm. He did. Oh, that was an amazing, what, like 
four or five games there at the end of the season that he had. That was, yeah. I mean, it, it really was impressive. So, look, I can't fault you too hard for doing something like that. And I think we've all been there at one point or another. Because the other fear is, what if I wait too long to get a guy like that and then they explode and then they're mm -hmm. crazy? You know, we've been down that road with running backs. Alvin Kamara is probably a great example. James Robinson, a great example. My question for you, Dustin, before we move off of this, Romeo Dobbs for the Packers is starting to have this Travis Fulgham-esque ascent here. Give him another couple of games of production, and he might find his way into a drunk trade that's on a future episode. Absolutely. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, he had a great, great week this last week. Let's hope it continues. Uh, not just for fantasy, but obviously for our own homerism here uh, and, and our hometown team. I do just want to say just one last thing here. How did Devonta Smith fall to the 201 in their rookie draft? That seems criminal. That, that seems yeah. criminal. And the fact yeah. that you got him there is, oh, my God, just ugh, chef's kiss. To Even you. assuming super flex, tight end premium, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. A, little, a little crazy. So, so. uh Worked out. This is a braggart yeah. drunk trade, and that's okay. We like to highlight those. As that's well. right. Yeah, we need to have those every once in a blue moon. All right, let's get on to our main event here. Let, let's wallow in the depths of sadness and let our listeners know if these players are going to rise out of the depths like a phoenix and become a beautiful bird just, just carrying your team to glory. Or is this where they're going to stay in the depths of hell, never to return? All right. Wow. You really framed that in such a positive and redemptive light. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start with someone that is near and dear to my heart. And that's Debo Samuel. He was my, oh. my drinking buddy last year. Um, currently wide receiver 31. Now, this offense we've seen. Week one was the flood bowl, uh, where they were basically sure. in the bathtub the whole time playing in that that water. So you kind of have to throw that game out. And in a small sample size, like three games of what we got here, yeah, that, that hurts his overall production and what he looks like for the year. Uh, he has flashed at times, although I will say going into the season, I did expect some regression from this was the wide receiver three finish he had last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I still expect him to be, you know, top 10, top 12, but uh, to be wide receiver 31, I will say I did not expect that. So we got Jimmy G back in the fold, though. Trey Lance was out. I feel like they were trying to figure out the offense with Trey Lance there. Now that they got Jimmy G there, I do expect things to turn around and and get back to the offense that they were running last season. So I do expect this season to turn around. Will he be that top three wide receiver that, you know, we saw last year, no. Will he return the value? I think he was probably like wide receiver six or seven in ADP right around there, if my memory serves me correct. Do I expect that? Probably not, I'll be honest. But he should be he should be top twelve for sure. See, you say for sure, and I'm not sold. I mean, I was lower on Debo than you were even coming into this season. Of course, this is not a victory lap because it could very easily turn around, like you mm -hmm. said with Jimmy Garoppolo in there. And to be fair, look, Jimmy's first full start, Debo has his season high. I know it's only three games, but season high in targets with eight, right? Season high in receiving yards by quite a bit. Uh, he's still getting some rushing work, 
as kind of a safe floor, I suppose. But I said I was kind of shifting my gears a little bit more towards Brandon Ayuk coming into the season. Most of that was just because of his cheapness in your drafts. You could get him much, much later. I'm talking five, six rounds later than Debo coming into the drafts. Now, that was still assuming Trey Lance was there. But even towards the tail end of last season with Jimmy, you know, the last eight or nine games with Brandon Ayuk, he was coming on really strong. Kind of looked like his rookie year again. And he's not going away. He's had eight targets the last two games. George Kittle coming back is what concerns me. He's been kind of out here. If Kittle comes back in, all three of these guys we know cannot feast with Jimmy Mm -hmm. Garoppolo under center. So I'm a little bit nervous and hesitant to say top 12 for sure. I think better things are ahead by default for Debo. But I'm like, hey, if I have my my team as a wide receiver too, cool. I'm good with that. But that's not where you drafted him. No, it's not. But you hopefully you've had one of these other guys, these standouts, maybe a Christian Kirk kind of guy who surprised you later in your drafts, who can maybe take over that role mm-hmm. and then feel like, yeah, Debo will still be consistent, I think, week to week as a solid guy. I just don't expect the same upside as last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and he's only scored one touchdown so far, and that was a rushing touchdown. So I do expect that to come up a little bit too. Again, you got to kind of throw week one out of the out of the water uh, to to throw a pun there. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're on the same page. Maybe different outcomes come end of the season, but we do expect him to finish higher than wide receiver thirty one come end of the season. Same page, just a little bit different ink that we're mm-hmm. using on it. You know what I mean? Uh, let's keep it going for the week one throwback of the Flood Bowl game. Because I do want to talk about Darnell Mooney. I mean, I don't, but I feel like we should <laughs> talk about Darnell Mooney. If you have him rostered anywhere, you know exactly what I'm going to say. Even if you don't, you probably... Shit you not. 114. He's Ooh. averaged two Ooh. fantasy points per game in his first three and throw out week one. That's fine. We can play that game. Let's throw out week one, (laughs) throw out that rainbow. Darnell Mooney still, still in the last two games, throwing that one out has 19 yards in the last two games, 19 yards. He has three receptions. It is abysmal. It is to the point. And Dustin, I went against my own instincts in our home league this year to draft him. I just figured I'm an idiot most of the time. Let me draft against myself, and hopefully good things will happen. And in this particular case, it did not. And I cannot wait to drop him off of my team. I'm not even going to do it as an ad drop tomorrow, in fact, because our waivers (laughs) run a little later than everybody else. I'm going to drop him independently. I'm not going to. You're just going to just wait. you're, you're, You're tilt dropping here, basically. Because, and and here's why. So obviously I'm giving away the goose here because we all know my expectation that going forward is, yeah, it'll it'll be better. Okay, that doesn't mean anything because everything is pretty much better than wide receiver. 114. Darnell I mean, Mooney, Justin y- Fields. You go ahead, Dustin. You, you, say, before I go into my shit. <laughs> I, say, I say, you probably have, you have at least, 50 other wide receivers you could pick that are doing better than him so far in the season. So 
And the thing is, how long do we give a quarterback and his number one, quote-unquote, receiver to gel before we abandon ship? Well, when it looks like this for the Bears, this is where I start to get uh, real frightened. Because currently, currently on the Bears, we were, you know, I'll throw his name up right now because I want to bunch these two together. Cole Komet, tight end on the Bears as well. He is currently, let me just quick double check, he is tight end 53, right? So Cole Komet in a very similar boat here. The deal with Cole Komet is you did not have to draft him early. He was kind of a streamer guy anyways Mm -hmm. for tight end. You can drop him, no worries. That's all good. With Darnell Mooney, you drafted him somewhat reasonably high, fifth, sixth round. So you probably want to keep him. Here's the deal. The target share he's had, uh, meaning he's had 11 total targets, which somehow leads this offense through three weeks. 11 targets through three weeks leads the Bears offense. Now, Equinemia St. Brown has actually been incredibly efficient. Shout out to a former Packer and brother of the sun god, Amon Ra St. Brown, (laughs) who has 77 yards. The second guy on that list is Dante Pettis with 51 yards. The third guy on that list is Cole Komet with 40 yards. All of them came last week. David Montgomery, fourth on the list with 38 yards. Byron Who Pringle, was injured fifth last on week. the list with 33 yards. Byron was on IR. motherfucking <laughs> Pringle has more yards, and you're right, is on IR currently than Darnell Mooney. And Yes, it'll get better. Am I going to be patient enough to wait for whatever that looks like? Fuck no. Because his ceiling to me right now with this offense through three weeks is a somewhat usable flex depending on the matchup. It's Mm -hmm. not a guy I'm holding on to. That's not worth holding on to. No, I agree 100%. Let's just round out this whole Bears conversation uh, and talk about Justin Fields too. Let's just get it all Mm -hmm. out there. Basically, no one on this team is startable or worth keeping at this point just drop him justin fields is the same he's looked abysmal obviously with his wide receiving core putting up those numbers it's it's just not worth holding on to him at this point obviously if you're in like a super flex league you know quarterbacks are high currency so maybe you don't want to drop them but if you're in a one quarterback league just drop him there's got to be better quarterbacks out there that you can pick up and stream at this point. Agreed. It's the same exact basket. And maybe he gets together. The one thing with Justin Fields is like, I know that his rushing floor hypothetically can turn things around, even if his ancillary people don't get turned around. Cole Komet doesn't turn it around. If uh, Darnell Mooney doesn't turn it around, that's fine. Because maybe Justin Fields can still salvage some usable fantasy weeks. Maybe like half the remaining weeks. But you're right, man. In one quarterback leagues, I'm not I'm not dealing with it. I think, again, better days are ahead for Justin Fields. So in Dynasty, I would still look at Justin Fields as a trade candidate. Meaning I will trade for him at what is hopefully a bottom-level price. Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that? 
Yes, hundred okay. percent. I mean, I'm talking in super flex leagues. I'm floating out there to see if for two second round picks I can get Justin Fields. And would you, would you think that that's enough to get him right now? It might be. It, it might be. Although with you know how this twenty three class is looking. People might want to stick to that first, just uh, try to get one of those incoming quarterbacks from that first round. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's fair with how he's looked so far through a season in three games. Yeah, unless they're an outright Bears homer, mm-hmm. I think that they will probably be okay with that. And just thinking, like, what if what if he goes the um, the Josh Rosen route, mm-hmm. and he, and he's done after this year. Uh, yeah, and I've seen people posit that out on the Twitter sphere, so it's not unreasonable. <laughs> but yep. uh, Dustin, I I want to keep this on the quarterback train real quick, and I want to hit these two guys back to back, okay? Because they're pretty much back to back in production and in finishes right now. It's Aaron Rodgers at quarterback twenty six, and it's Tom mm-hmm. Brady at quarterback twenty eight. Both old dudes who just played each other this past week. A frustrating game to watch, I think, for all parties, not even just Packer fans. <laughs> I think for fantasy enthusiasts, Packer fans, Bucks fans, everybody, it was a little bit rough to watch. So these two guys, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, obviously with Brady, we've been thinking forever that it would end. I was tired of betting against Tom Brady. We talked about this a lot, Dustin. I, I was tired of it, so I was fine with drafting him. He's been missing a lot of pieces. I get it. Mike Evans has been there for the first two games. Julio Jones has been there in some extent. He's had Russell Gage. He doesn't have a real tight end. Sorry, Kyle Rudolph. I know that sounded rude, but for fantasy, at least, doesn't have a real tight end. Are we we witnessing the actual decline, finally, where Brady hit the cliff, he's done, he's droppable in all formats, or at least tradable in Dynasty for a cheap pick? I think in Dynasty, yes, you try to trade him. Uh, in redraft, no, I would still hold on to him. Uh, and, and both these offenses are, or both the teams in general, have a lot of similarities where aging quarterback, very strong defense, solid running game, no wide receivers, basically. Mm. Uh, so For now, with, at least. Yeah, yeah. so with Brady, Brady, Mike Evans was suspended last week. So if Mike Evans was in the game last week, I think we would have seen a different offense. I mean, we saw Russell Gage tear up the Packers defense for whatever reason uh, with with a bum ankle, apparently. Um, So so Mike Evans will be coming back this next week. That changes the whole dynamics of that offense. Uh, Chris Godwin should be coming back soon as well from his ACL. Uh, Julio, I'm expecting him to come back, maybe not this next week, but the following week with his hamstring. So, I mean, you get your stud wide receivers back on that offense. It should start clicking and you should see better days ahead from uh, TB12 there. Now with the Packers, uh, we kind of thought, or at least we did, as, as uh, people that closely uh, keep in the, the thumb on the pulse to say, for the Packers here. I thought uh, you were going to say thumb up our butts when it comes uh, to the Packers, which well, that for me is equally uh, uh, say, astute same. and accurate. Yeah, same, same. Okay. We knew going into the season that it was going to be, this offense was going to look different than it traditionally has because Devontae Adams left. 
Now, we saw some good things this week with Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Christian Watson's has been injured. Uh, Randall Cobb's been, you know, flirting and looking good at times. He's caught some big balls. Uh, Robert Tanyan's starting to get more involved weekly here as he's recovering from his ACL. Uh, the Packers O-line is improving, getting back guys off of uh, that were on IR and injured last year. So I do think that this offense will improve as well. But if I had to pick one of the two quarterbacks that I'd plant my flag with for the rest of the season, it's going to be Tom Brady. I, I see that offense performing much better than what the Packers offense. I think the Packers offense is going to be great in, in fits. And you just have to find the week that they're going to hit. And I just don't want to play that game. And it's, you really have to be very clever about the matchup plays. I think you're right for Aaron Rodgers, because if, if the defense that he's going against and you go, well, it's a soft defense, it should be an easy, you know, roll them mm-hmm. over game. He's still probably not going to see a lot of work and it's going to fall on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and those things. It's like, maybe Okay, if there is a shootout potential involved, fine. I guess you can stream him in redraft leagues or hold in Dynasty for that purpose alone. I'm absolutely with you that Tom Brady is the better one for the rest of this season. I still don't think either of these guys are ones that I want to hold on my one quarterback redraft rosters. I'd rather be looking to drop and stream and play some of these guys that have come like I, there's no doubt about it. I would rather start Cooper Rush if he plays next week than Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. That's where Ooh. I'm at with both of these guys. I'm so That's beyond starting them. It, it's really <laughs> it has not been through these first couple of weeks. And obviously, I'm not saying Cooper Rush is this amazing real life quarterback, but for fantasy purposes, he's in a much better offense right now for mm-hmm. fantasy. And it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. Well, so you wouldn't have known I'm not from last night's game. game. Well, that was a little bit rough overall. But even <laughs> last night, it wasn't like... If I looked at week three, I'm pretty sure that Cooper Rush still pretty much came close to these two guys. I don't know. I'd have to double check. But real quick, I do want to break in Chase Banks in the chat asking for some trade ideas. I think mm-hmm. this actually fits the nature of this show extremely well. So he's talking about what his starting roster looks like in Dynasty right now. One quarterback, non-PPR, 14-man thing. He's just looking for general trade ideas. Now, off what he has on the roster is a little bit less important to me. I mean, not entirely. But I'm talking about trade candidates at this point. Mm-hmm. Saying that, uh, and he follows up saying, not really looking to hit right now. So have some time to wait. Just kind of build the underneath the undercarriage mm-hmm. of this dynasty team, I think. And there's some of these underperformers that he could be going after right now. And this might be a good transition point. But is there anybody that stands out as like, they've really underperformed, but give them time and they'll get there? Um, looking at. I If there was one I had to pick on here that's been that has been underperforming, I think is mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds. Uh, we saw him score two two touchdowns this last week, but I think overall to start the season, it's been kind of a slow start. Uh, so that's that's the one guy I would kind of key in on that I think could. Now Edmonds is on his roster currently. I do yeah. want I do want to clarify, but you're saying like he'll turn it around. Don't don't panic. Yeah, trade don't panic on him. Yeah. Okay. But as far as the guys on our list of underperformers, you're talking. 
or just in yeah, general? It could be in general. I have a couple that are on this list that we'll definitely transition into. Well, if if I was looking to make some trades here, I would probably try to trade away uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, he's especially if you're not contending right now. Just hate Brandon Cooks. No, I know. love Brandon Cooks, but he's an aging wide receiver that if you're not contending this year, or next year, and you're in a rebuild, he he's not an asset that's helping, and he's scoring points. So yeah. you don't really want that on your roster. Um, I would do the same with like Curtis Samuel uh, while he's performing relatively well right now. Try to mm-hmm. trade him. Um, you know, pretty much anyone on your bench right now. <laughs> Um, if they're scoring points, I, you don't really have, except for maybe Hunter Renfro and Nicole Hardman, I might want to hang on to them, but the running backs, um, like I said, Hunter Henry, they're, they're, they're aging assets that aren't help. They're not going to help you win in the long run. And I'll, I'll just attack onto that. One of your, the starters from Chase's roster is Alvin Kamara. And for me, this is a very easy case of an underperformer who we Mm -hmm. will, you know, have to see how it goes the rest of the season. But it's like, wait for that one blow-up game from Alvin Kamara, which is coming. It, it's going to happen. Wait for that game and then start the trade. Uh, his his value is definitely deflated right now. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about a person. So let's let's give away the farm a little bit. But I want to talk about Travis Etienne. In terms of trade targets... Travis Etienne is still remaining towards the top of my list. He is RB36 right now in full PPR, where Travis Etienne is supposed to thrive. Supposed to be the big pass catcher in this offense. He's supposed to have the connection with Trevor Lawrence, who has, again, shown this year that he is the real deal and that it was the Urban Meyer effect from last season that was bringing him Mm -hmm. down. Travis Etienne has not gotten raised up with that ship. I think, I think that better days are ahead for Travis Etienne. And James Robinson, still an amazing story. I still love James Robinson. And this year, I just looked foolish because Robinson is fucking crushing it. So mm-hmm. Etienne, this year, I'm less thrilled about. From a dynasty perspective, I'm still buying in on this guy. So redraft and dynasty. Are you still interested in ETN? I'm still interested at the right price. I don't know. I mean, I probably wouldn't pay what people are expecting, but if you can get that discount right now, I would definitely snag that up because uh, he, he is a good player. And I think Jacksonville right now is just trying to make some things happen. And I think they happen to be in some good game scripts for them where James Robinson has been able to get more of the rushing in between the tackles, which is what he does. And as you said, that's not what ETN's game in. He's more of that pass catcher. So while the wide receivers, yes, have been putting up numbers, I also think James Robinson has had better game scripts for his style of play. So yeah, if you can get ETN at a discount, I would definitely be going after him. And for redraft's sake, let's talk about it from that way. So, Chase, hopefully that's a, a good trade uh, candidate for you. I'd also throw out names right now on, on their depressed weeks, like Rashad Bateman, who just had a, a real bummer last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying anybody's going to be just giving him away for free. Don't don't get me wrong there. Um, but guys like him and Traylon Burks, who are just kind of, they're in the mud right now, but they had very high promise, like 
those guys are the ones that I would try to go for for the contenders mm-hmm. if they happen to have them on their team. And that's and that's great. For running backs, I'm basically telling you don't trade for a running back. Just don't trade for any running back right <laughs> now. Outside of maybe Dustin, this is like an AJ Dillon moment for Dynasty of his value is also a teeny bit suppressed. And next year should be better things. But in general, maybe. just don't don't yeah. do that. Yeah, um, just Justin waiting. Fields, we mentioned, that's yep. another option. Yep, yeah. Wait to get those running backs until you feel like you're ready to contend. Then go hammer the running backs hard uh, after you kind of build up the rest of your squad. Hammer them hard. Uh, but Travis Etienne for redraft, you know, he did finally have decent touches this last week. He had 16 touches, by far the most of the season. Seems like they're starting to try to get him used a little bit, but also Jacksonville had a crazy lead over the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So some of those rushing attempts probably stemmed from that. Uh, I, I just really think that they're going to start using him maybe more towards the half of the season. So that's a hard wait to have to do, but I'd do it. I'd do it with ET. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd do it with him. Uh, who do you want to talk about next, Dustin? I want to move to our favorite position ever, and that is the tight end position. And talking about the dynasty tight end one, Mr. Kyle Pitts, uh, still number one in my heart, but uh, number 15 overall here. We're kind of seeing the same thing we saw last year. Uh, He's getting the targets, more or less. He had kind of a down week in uh, week two with only three targets, but otherwise eight targets this last week, seven targets in week one. Actually had some receptions this week, had five receptions, 87 yards, looked better. But again, we're not seeing that touchdown coming, uh, which is really what was holding them back from being that elite tight end last year. And we've also saw uh, seen Drake London start to rise and get a little bit more acclimated with the NFL over these uh, after the first couple weeks here, where he's been much more involved in being targeted much more by Mariota. Um, I, do, I have to believe that he's going to eventually start scoring some touchdowns. I mean, he's getting the targets. That regression, you know, the positive regression has to come where he starts scoring. I mean, he can't be another Julio Jones or Jacoby Myers where they just don't score touchdowns ever. But even Julio had had years where he'd get like eight touchdowns. You know, it was never just like one touchdown in a season. So I have to believe better things are coming. But this is surely just a disappointing start to the season uh, for Kyle Pitts. It's so it's so disappointing in such a rational way. There is a lot of people who said Kyle Pitts cannot sustain decent production with Marcus Mariota. And I'd always erred on the side of, mm-hmm. well, we saw him do that with dusty ass, what's his name, from the Matt Titans. Matt Ryan. No, 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 where Marcus Mariota had sustained production with a tight end for like three years. Oh, I um, feel like I block his name out of my Delaney head. Delaney Walker. Thank you. Delaney Walker had three of his absolute best mm-hmm. years at the twilight of his career with Marcus Mariota. So I always said, that's not the case. But what might be the case is Arthur Smith thinking that he's smarter than he is. So play calling for Atlanta. He's unlocked Cordero Patterson. And it's now just this kind of waiting. (laughs) But it is this waiting game of like, you figured out how to use this guy very creatively. 
who didn't do shit mm-hmm. for the first decade of his career, essentially. Yeah. But now Kyle Pitts, who's this generational tight end, all you have to do is match him up against safeties, match him up against big guys. Mm-hmm. Don't play him like a wide receiver, but also throw him the ball like he's a wide receiver. And it just hasn't yeah. happened until this last week. But all of that production, Dustin, came in the first half. He I only know. had one target in the entire second half of that game. Just criminal. So, it, they they led us by the nose into the second half thinking, he's back. Here's the Kyle Pitts we all expected. And then it went away. It evaporated in the second half. Now, you're still happy with 87 yards for a mm-hmm. tight end. But it is just so goddamn frustrating. But look, tight end 15, that's not happening. Can he get to be a top three, top four guy by the end of the season? I still have my reservations about that like he's i know you can't you can't obviously drop him please don't Mm -hmm. drop him but like there are going to be matchups where i think i might start another tight end over him still well here's jake here's some of the tight ends above him that i don't think are going to sustain the production that they've had for the rest of the season here where he he will be able to jump up so you got tyler conklin right now at three overall. Yeah. What? You've got um, Tyler Higby. I mean, at seven. I don't know. David Njoku's at nine. You got Will Disley coming back for Seattle uh, at 11. You know, uh, Logan Thomas is having an okay start to the season at 13. Evan Ingram's at 14. So hey, you and I both like Logan Thomas. A bit. Absolutely. Not... But I'm just saying, right. when, you, when you are expecting... You don't expect to see that name above Kyle Pitts. That that was my point. And so so there is definitely room for him to jump up. And I don't expect all these players above him to continue having this fast start to the season that they've had. Right. So so it times are better, but it's still not what you're expecting when you drafted him where you had to draft him. It, let me say it this way. If we were having this discussion last week, it would be basically... I don't know, man. Start Kyle Pitts at your own risk kind of a thing. And now I, I'm off. I'm satiated by the fact that they finally just tried last mm-hmm. week. So, yes, better days are certainly ahead. But still a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want desperately to move off of this position more than anything that's ever happened. I actually want to talk about a running back here that, uh, again, I drafted against myself. In our home league, Dustin, and Ezekiel Elliott was sitting there in the fourth round, and I said, sure, yeah, okay, yeah, in the fourth round, fuck it, let me draft Ezekiel Elliott, the only team I'm going to have him on, let's do it. Now, he's sitting at RB39, this is even after this last week, just last night, thriving, I shouldn't say thriving against the New York Giants, he finally got a touchdown which cures a lot of woes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he finally had a reasonable week. He was RB16 on the week in full PPR. You know, for Ezekiel Elliott, the legacy, that's still not an impressive finish, but based on where he had finished the first two weeks, it actually makes you feel something. Makes Mm -hmm. you feel a little bit of something down in the the regions, you know? That makes you feel something, Um, all right. Are you... I want to throw this to you because you were higher than I 
on him coming into this season? Hey, do you he was still my, he was one of my drinking buddies this year. Do you I still am, hold out that hope for him the rest of the way? Am I holding out hope? Yes, I am. Although I am definitely not confident at this point, just with the struggles we've seen on this offense. Now, I know Dak is probably going to be back in a couple weeks here. He just got those stitches removed. So that changes what this offense is going to look like when he's on the field as opposed to Cooper Rush. Hopefully CeeDee Lamb kind of returns the form. Hopefully Michael Gallup is coming back here soon, uh, which gives him a solid number two on the opposite side. So I'm hopeful that this offense will improve as the season progresses here. But I'm not nearly as confident in Zeke as I was prior to the season starting. That's fair. Is any of that to do with Tony Pollard and his? Because we're talking about touches. I mean, rushing attempts, Zeke has 40. Pollard has 28, which is actually pretty high based on what I thought coming into the year was more going to be about the target distribution. Mm -hmm. And to that point, Pollard has 10 targets to Zeke's five. That's more of what I expected. I did not expect the rushing attempts to be that close, though. I mean, some of that's garbage time. I understand. But right. a little concerning, right? It, it It is concerning. Absolutely. And I'm just, yeah, like I said, I got to hold out hope at this point. Um, but I'm not nearly as confident. Well, I'm going to cling to your hope because I need it in that uh, home league where I'm just struggling. I'm gasping for air. So I will uh, continue to hope for Zeke. But all right, who do you want to hit? We can probably do one more before we uh, move away. huh? All right. Yeah, let's do one more and let's talk Allen Robinson. He is at a very not nice wide receiver 69. Uh yeah, again, just so disappointing, as as all these players have been, so I shouldn't even have to reiterate that. But I think we were expecting a resurgence this year from Allen Robinson. And we've seen this Ramos offense still put up points. I mean, Cooper Cup's still doing Cooper Cup things. While maybe it hasn't been quite as prolific as we had hoped, they're still moving the ball at a very decent clip and, and putting up points. I'm worried that this is just who Allen Robinson is now. Like, he's just a guy now at this point. And I don't even know if he's at this point, even flex worthy. I think there's other guys that have more upside that you could place into your lineup. Uh, that if, if you need that kind of hail Mary type player to get you points, I don't, Alan Robinson is not the guy I would be looking at right now. Yeah. It's really tough. Robinson, his best, his best week by far. Week two, 53 yards and a touchdown, and you're like, all right, maybe I've got something going with this Allen Robinson again. But you're right. We have to acknowledge the fact that wide receivers can just hit a cliff and be done. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always come at 30. It can come a little yep. bit sooner than that, and that might have happened with Allen Robinson. And maybe we yep. bought into the narrative of last year. He gave up on the team. He was just looking for a way out. You're right. Maybe it is just what it is. What, what gives me a little bit of hope is the fact, weirdly, the fact that the offense as a whole has just not been quite as good yet. Mm -hmm. I think some of that is just like the offense is still in this weird space. But I trust in the coaching at this point. Sean McVay has been there long enough to think that they can right the ship overall. Because Matt Stafford hasn't been a world beater just yet. Cooper Cup, like you said, doing his thing. But I think there's room for Allen Robinson to grow. 
So I'm not bailing on him, and I'm not as concerned as a lot of people are. I, I just think there's going to come a clicking point for him, but you have to sit him until that comes. Yes. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me very sad because I know we're both big fans of him uh, coming into the season. So, yep. okay, let's let's quit looking back and start looking forward. Woo! In a manner of speaking, so week four coming up here, uh, we had our starts of the week for last week. So, Jake, you had Jacoby Myers versus Baltimore. Uh, this was did not play, so doesn't count, unfortunately. Sad and. I had Christian Kirk at the Chargers, and he was wide receiver 13, so that worked out well with 19.2 points. Yours was so good, it covered both of us. Like, that's how good that start was. Uh, So, yeah, hit one. Now, Jake, who do you have for this week? Uh, Look, this sounds, it sounds like a gimme to anybody who hasn't been watching or observing this guy for the first three weeks of this season because Austin Eckler has not been what we wanted Austin Eckler to be for the first three weeks. He had mm-hmm. a, a salvaged week in week two, uh, a little bit of late game, let's say garbage time, uh, effort coming through where he got a touchdown. That was very much appreciated. But in general, Austin Eckler has been weirdly vacant from this Chargers offense in general. Mm -hmm. So his stats, if you're just looking at the stats, they don't measure up. Certainly not to prime Austin Eckler. You know, we don't want him to be an RB2. We want him to be a motherfucking RB1. So my Mm -hmm. hope here for this week is that Austin Eckler, not my hope, my expectation for this week is that Austin Eckler against the Houston Texans, who are giving up by far, the most rushing yards per game, over 200. That is, the next down the list, it's like 150. It is a massive, massive gap. We just saw last week the Bears, even with their starter, David Montgomery out, Khalil Herbert comes in, just absolutely runs roughshod over the Texans. I never get to use that phrase. Very happy that I got (laughs) to use it today. And I'm thinking I'm going to get it uh, again next week with Austin Eckler. And I'm going to go on a limb and say that both Austin Eckler and Sony Michelle, very usable this week for fantasy. Fire up Sony Michelle in your flex spot, who is the number two on this Chargers offense. But Austin Eckler, if there is a get right week for him for fantasy, it's this one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And my start of the week this week is DK Metcalf going against Detroit. Uh, We've seen DK get more and more involved each week. It looks like he's starting to get a little something with Geno there. His targets have been increasing every single week. And this game should be a shootout. We've seen this Detroit Lions offense put up points basically at will so far this season. So Seattle's going to have to throw the ball to keep it up. And why not throw it to your best wide receiver on your team? It's that simple. It really is that simple. I, I, I love that. Uh, sometimes fantasy football can be easy, and I think you did it mm-hmm. the right way. Um, before we move along to our beer bets, mm-hmm. uh, Karsten Delk in the chat has asked, start, cut, bench for these three players. Michael Carter, Jamal Williams, Cortland Sutton. 
Dustin. I, I would love to go first for this, actually. Uh, this is a no-brainer start for Jamal Williams for me this week. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift dealing with his shoulder issue, going to be out at least this week. We'll see how it progresses. But you lo- if you have Jamal Williams, this is your time to shine. Dude mm-hmm. was already crushing it in terms of red zone usage, even with Swift in there. So yep. he's going to get so much work, it's going to be crazy. Craig Reynolds, who is the number three, should be maybe okay. Um, and I would be cutting, unfortunately, Michael Carter out of this group for right now, Dustin. Mm-hmm. seems like Brees Hall is starting to catch on. Not saying Michael Carter won't have usable weeks, because he will. But out of this group, I would rather hold tight with Cortland Sutton, because I still am not willing to move off of him, and he's a great addition to this list of who we've talked about today, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm 100% agreement with you. Look at us. Look at fucking us getting right on the same page. Mm-hmm. All right, Karsten. Well, hopefully that that uh, helps you out a little bit. Um, any week four matchups that we want to look at? or Let's just move into the good thing. You want to do yeah, the good just, thing? Yeah, let's just move into the beer bet here. And I believe it's your turn for the beer bet this week. Yes, I, I mercifully get to p- choose. I shouldn't say that because the week prior when I lost, I had also chosen... And you have still come away victorious. So I want to make things a little bit easier. So the last two weeks, just as a a reflection uh, and a a time staller, we had done whole positions. Been like, look, it's this backfield Mm -hmm. versus this backfield. It's this wide receiving core versus that wide receiving core. I want to make things real easy. I want to talk quarterback versus quarterback, mano a mano, one position. It's our Thursday night matchup. It's the Dolphins versus the Bengals. It is Tua Tagovailoa versus Joe Burrow. We talked about Tua last week. Said, man, he's going against the Bills. This is how Mm -hmm. we're going to see if Tua can kind of hang as a fantasy asset. Mm -hmm. Look, for fantasy, it's not like he was off the charts. Uh, In fact, had pretty low volume overall in that game. But... He hung in there, and that group hung in there for real NFL football. So mm-hmm. I think this one becomes very interesting. But I will throw it to you, Tua versus Joe. Who would you rather have for fantasy this week? Ooh, I think. Oh, I think I'm going to take Tua. I ah, think I think Tua. they're playing with a lot of confidence right now, and I like what this offense is doing. Although he's got his little, he's got his back issue um, yeah. on top of it, but I'm still going to take Tua. You know, in in that respect, both of these teams are kind of dealing with weird shit. Can we just quick vent about what happened with player safety in the NFL this oh. last week? So Tua, of course, everybody's seen. I would assume at this point the clip, mm-hmm. right? He gets he gets sacked. Well, he doesn't get sacked, but he gets knocked down. Falls on his back. His head bounces off the turf. He gets up, tries to stand, walks, wobbles, can barely hold himself up. His linemen have to carry him basically to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about another team here, talking about the Bengals with Joe, T. Higgins gets absolutely crushed for the second time in three games. Gets what looks to be a pretty clear gnarly head injury and is back out there immediately. 
just like Tua was back out there immediately. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked, man. It is so fucked. I, uh, yeah, I don't understand it either. I just... That and the same with uh, Higgins, too. I mean, that hit to him was fucking brutal. Just a helmet-to-helmet hit. Just brutal. And he looked like he was out cold uh, from what we saw watching Red Zone. And, yeah, second half, back out there just doing his thing. It's like, come on. NFL needs to do better. Yeah, and I don't want to use production as the barometer here, but both of these players clearly after they came back were much different players. Like T. Higgins, Mm -hmm. that's the last catch that he saw. I think it's the last target he even saw after that. It was just kind of he was being out there to be out there. And Tua, same same kind of deal. It's like you don't think like you don't see that and think that there's something wrong there. Mm-hmm. That's just I don't know, man. It's crazy. But in any case, off the soapbox here. But uh Tua versus Joe, I think will be great. I think the NFL, what they are actually doing right is taking at games on Thursday that are mm-hmm. decent games instead of pushing us through another round of Bears versus Jets every Thursday or whatever the comparable iteration is. So that's nice. It is. It is nice. Thanks, NFL, for doing something right for a change. You nailed it. All right. Anything else here, Jake, you want to talk about before we sign off here? I got nothing. Uh, Just just check your waivers for the panic drops. Some of the guys that we already talked about will probably be there. Mm -hmm. Some rightfully so, some less. That's right, yeah. Um, Yeah, check those waivers. They should be running tomorrow if you're joining us live. Wednesday is typically the day. Oh, my brain brain shut off for a second. Did you get concussed? I might have. Have you endured a concussion? We might not be able to have you back next week. Dustin. Oh, don't do that. Don't kick me off for the show, your please. Own sake. No, just for what, just a one week. Just one week. Okay. Right. To show the NFL how it should work. Yeah. We might just make an example yeah. out of it. Yes. Well, folks, go out, um, follow us wherever you need to follow us on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge, my co-host. I'm at FF Dusty Dog. Follow the podcast at Drinking Fantasy. If you are listening to us in the audio version. Join us live every single Tuesday. We're here, 6.30 Central, streaming live on YouTube. Yes, send in your drunk trades, please. We love them. We need them. We want them in our lives. We love to talk about them. We will give you a shout-out. Maybe even some version of swag. We might even start coming up with swag for drunk trade participants. I feel that's right. That'd be right. That'd be fun. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. And then, yeah, follow us wherever you do your uh, podcast. Give us five stars, rate, review, all that good stuff. Helps others find us. And actually, the best way is just tell your friends, hey, go check out Drinking Talking Fantasy Football. They're awesome. It's a lot of fun. They give good advice. They're here for us. Right, Jake? Yeah, we nailed it. <laughs> for, for, that, that that didn't translate well for our audio folks. He, he lifted up and gave the okay uh, with both, hands. I give double OKs. I debated about doing double guns, and I just thought that was too much for the occasion. <laughs> so I went, I went with double OKs. But I think that worked out well. That worked out well. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that'll do it for this week. Good luck in week five to all your squads, and nothing but uh, bad play for all of your uh, opponents this week. And until next week, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. 
Cheers, FFers. Shut, shut, shut.